0: Couple of Russian truck drivers having a conversation. That's right. So the, the, for me, mm-hmm. the, the genesis of the thought of, one, I've been trying to hang out with you, and we both moved to L.A. at the same time. Right. We always end up at Linda and Marty's parents' pool out in, yeah. uh, I don't even know where that is. It's like, you know. Yeah. Car, one of those places Kardashian in L.A. Stan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: One of those L.A. places where you're like, wow, I'm so pleased that I found it. I have <laughs> yeah. no idea where I am.
0: Exactly. Um... Yeah, you, you've had quite a journey, and I, I just, you know, you're perfect for this show, because, you know, you're charged with running an incredibly diverse and creative arts program, but, you know, it may, it, it may I, on a show like this, you never, our goal, really, is to sit down with people that people maybe don't really get to hear from very often, and find out how did, you, how did you get where you were? Mm. Like maybe it'll inspire other people to follow the same path. And instead of maybe <laughs> aspiring to run a hedge fund, maybe maybe <laughs> they want to learn more about what it's like to work with Lori Anderson or yeah, right? Know, yeah. Uh, something a little more, shall we say, noble. Mm. Uh, and reading up on you. And honestly, all I really knew about you was you know friends with my super close friends, Linda and Marty, and yeah. you came over here from Melbourne around the same time my family moved to LA. Yeah. Um. What got you into the arts world, and and, and what's your background? You know, mm. you know, what what was the spark in your young life that 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 led towards this? Because I know you're an artist, and I know that you have a background in choreography and visual arts and writing plays and films. Mm. But to run something like this and to come from that, you know, I kind of want to get a little. And we don't have to dwell yeah, yeah. on it. It's not like this, you know, linear chronological conversation, but. Um, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It is so linear. It was a dark, rainy night in. No. Uh, but it, I am yeah. fascinated because I don't know many people that, you know, I know your predecessor pretty well. Here. Yeah. And I have to say, from mm. my sort of forays into the art world, I, that's it. Yeah. I know you and David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's two interesting folks, you know. Yeah. I've had some interesting times with David and others. Sure, yeah. as
1: have I. As yeah. have many.
0: <laughs> yes. And I'll get into a funny story yeah. in a minute. But I, no, but seriously, like, how did you know when you were young that you you, you know you were maybe not good or maybe yeah. parents that didn't support it? Maybe mm. you had parents that, you know, were sort of like uh, very artistic. I don't know. I don't yeah. know anything. So oh. I'm gonna shut up now and you're gonna speak y-
1: You know, in both a... Probably cliché, but rarity. I mean, I was always highly predisposed towards making stuff. Okay. N- n- not that I had any kind of real ambition about it, but I was continuously, voraciously curious, and I liked kind of tinkering and fiddling yeah. around with things. So I never, I wasn't a kid that was bored, and as a result, I ran everyone around me through the ringer. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. And... Where my mother, and really I think my grandparents, my mother's my mother's parents, my grandparents, they were very encouraging of my imagination. So, I started getting rewards for the slightest gesture. You know, I'd make like some crazy thing out of an apricot pit. Ah. Give it a name and leave it in somebody's shoe. <laughs> you know, things like that. And there would be this explosion of laughter or whatever from whoever really? found it in their shoe. Or... You know, my mom would be like, Well, what do you want to do today? And I'd just sort of disappear off and do different things. And so my mother was very encouraging of my imagination, my energy, and I think it kept her company in a particular sort of way as my father started rising through his own career path in what would eventuate into corporate America. So oh, okay. right? So polar opposites totally. in that end of the spectrum. A the
0: theme on this program yeah. actually a lot of times is the marriage between art and commerce and yeah. you know finding a way, especially, you know, we, we speak to a lot of musicians yeah. and, and the struggle they have between sure. balancing, like, hey, I just worked on a TV commercial, but I also have a commission at, you know, whatever, yeah, Mass yeah. Mocha, or what, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. So, you know, or here. Or, you know, yeah. You know, so that's that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that you're. Yeah.
1: Like, so my, my mother, and she was a potter and an artisan, I would say. So, <clears throat> and same on her side. So there were a lot of artisan hobbyists on my mother's side of the family. And on my dad's, it was more music kind of gypsies. He grew up very, very poor
2: oh.
1: apple pickers in Washington State. Okay,
0: yeah.
1: And at any rate, I had this pull between uh, my father's sort of insistent, urgent, driving need for success to look a certain way, and his concern that his two daughters being d- women, yeah. that we would be imperiled.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> my mother, on the other hand, was like, I support you in everything that you do, whatever you want, to kind of thing. So, you know, I pursued, when, by the time I ended up in, you know, college and university, I was also an athlete, so I was on scholarship, and I had really? academic stuff. Yeah, Where'd yeah. What did you play? Volleyball, which, oh, imagine, I'm yeah. not exactly the tallest. No, so you must have <coughs> Building on the block. Yeah. <laughs> I could jump then. Don't ask me to now, ever.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you could still jump higher
1: than me. Um, but there was, I mean, in both things, both art and for me in athletics, well, art, I would learn this later. I was driven towards doing things, even in athletics. It used to drive my coach crazy. Coaches like to punish you often for losing, right? Back then, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not now. now it's not very PC. Everyone
0: wins are ribbed now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Place. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I remember coming up with this kind of thing in which I was trying to articulate because I was the captain. What would motivate us? And I was saying, you know, we're we're competing not to beat someone. Mm-hmm but to elevate the grace of the game.
0: Right. Uh, pretty heady for a high school you know, student by and, the
1: way. and that <laughs> and that I end up feeling like in an art sense is also similar. Okay. You you're 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 competing against yourself or within the context of yourself in a way or with others to lift the elements of what's possible. Right. To you know to soar in a certain kind of virtuosity or a vision or a provocation to a culture or whatever. Mm. And I suppose, as both an artist, which I'm, you know, more of a hobbyist, I'd say at this point than actually doing anything relevant. Mm. But I became, you know, very involved in curation and working inside of institutions.
0: Which I think is creative and artistic, by the way. Sure, I mean, like, you well, know, it, it can I be it something like that, and self deprecating What yeah. you just said, yes, yeah. sc- sort of self-deprecating, mm. but I get it. I, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying yeah. there's a function to doing curation, but yeah,
1: I mean, I still will make work, but I, I guess what I what I started when I started to move towards curation and institutions, it was haphazard. I was an artist, I spoke the language of artists yeah. and if they were dealing with living artists and not only the detritus of the objects they made or, you know, the celluloid reels or to say detritus, by the way.
0: You <laughs> really? you've joined Moby. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, the rare. Love me some like, Moby. Yeah, um, but I it's interrupt but, but it's <laughs> detritus signing.
1: But it it it's that thing in which You know, like when I first was working at an art museum, and I was young, I was like 21, 22, and I got this job, and literally it would be, you know, freights and crating and, you know, it was all objects, and I was like, but we're going to work with people who are alive, so that's going to have to be airplane tickets and per Mm -hmm. diems, and so I became really facile at a translation from object to human, Yeah. and when you think about what that is, in fact, I looked up the word curator because I was like, God... Everybody gets all wound up about this title, you know. They stand differently around you or whatever. And I,
0: I also think in the last decade or so, I feel like it's been used too much.
1: It has been used it's, too it's much.
0: totally an overused term. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. But it's, if you, if, you know, there's the job description and that's one thing. And it has its own kind of burden and blessing around responsibilities and risk. But when you actually look at what the Latin root means, it means to care for. Right. To protect the soul of something. So, if, and that to me, that's like, well, that is a freaking job description. Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, how do you protect the spirit of intent or the vision around an artist when the idea lives as a doodle on a napkin in that particular moment mm-hmm. and is going to have to navigate the world right. to find its sure footing?
2: Right.
1: Um, and that's essentially a job worth doing because it's connected, too, to that, like, you know, you talk about, you used the word noble earlier, and to mm. me there's this the arts consistently will put in, y- yes it needs resourcing and yes it needs um, the ability to have resilience Right. Right. against oh, yeah. a generally indifferent society,
2: yeah. often no.
1: but it's also an expression of the human imagination beyond what we can put it as a commodity value
2: right.
1: and that to me is wealth inside of heritage, yeah. not not riches,
0: right? Yeah, that's a tricky prospect because I think you also, you know, that there are some ugly aspects of. Uh, let's, I don't know the yeah, day yeah. jobs, sure. but you have to manage, and you know, we'll <clears throat> probably yeah. go back and forth to the art and commerce thing. Sure, you're going a, to run a program like this. You also have to bring in, you know. Oh we're yeah, in, we're in Los Angeles. We are in we, yes, are, in the, we are the midst of <coughs> Kardashian. I can only <laughs> imagine. And, and listen, I will say this: your predecessor David did mm. do. Something incredible with this, you know, with what was it called? Uh, UCLA Live at the yes. time I know it's called CAP S- Yes, now. Center for
1: the Art of Performance. No? Right.
0: I like that name better. It's, it's a little headier. It, it, it's, it's, there's a little more. Well, it's, <laughs>
1: it, it's a, you know, there's also, because you're working a lot internationally. Mm. So, although many people will know what UCLA is, it's one of the top research universities Absolutely. in our country. Mm. And it's a public university, which has its own, you know, yeah. noble purpose inside of that. However hard the struggle. Yeah. But often internationally it, you know it'll be like ookla. So if it was like
0: UCla <laughs> friend and all Ookla live. UCla <laughs> live. Right? Yeah. So
1: and and that was something that was interesting to me when I got here because I did some Yeah. They have, you know, banners, banners, banners everywhere. And the California budget, the state, you know, is in yeah. bankruptcy or whatever, and that's about the time that I'm like coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and so people.
0: Sounds like when uh, Giuliani coming in for Jenkins, right? you know, yeah. like oh, this is a, not a good. Yeah. Scene. yeah. So if
1: you knew that UCLA Live was a performing arts presenter that was you know internationally regarded in some yeah. degree, yeah, mostly, yeah. and anchoring a lot of the West Coast around um, contemporary ideas in our most ephemeral forms, um, well, then you would know what UCLA Live was. But yeah. if you didn't know what it was, your thought bubble would pronounce it UCLA Live. Thinking that it was an imminent capital campaign for the research university <laughs> yeah, exactly. in How the budget awesome. deficits of the state of California.
0: That's
1: incredible. So uh, yeah, maybe if from yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Ucla. <laughs> Live. So I and and so I was and there was also this thing downtown that had opened called LA Live. Yes. Mega. Yeah. Stadium-sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commerce entertainment. So yeah, yeah. they. They said, well, we've been waiting for a new artistic director because, you know, we need to know what we should do about this name. Anyway, so we had to do a name change, which people, people often think that that's the new person pissing on their territory. Oh, yeah. But it was actually sort of structurally necessary. And yeah. so when we came up with Center for the Art of Performance, it's basically embedding a public promise in the name of your organization. Yeah. yeah that you yeah. will be centered on the art of performance. Yeah. In the entertainment capital of the world.
0: It's tremendous, yeah. You know, you oh, know. Boy, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's 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 tough, and then you know, of course, you have to balance. You know, we don't have to dwell on this, but yeah. the balancing between, like, hey, yeah. I found something. You know, you know, I, I love this thought of, like, you know, I know there are lots of conferences that you guys, you know, you guys go to, lots of things that keep you aware of what's going on worldwide. Sure. And I love the thought of. Mm. Amazing street musicians from Romania mm-hmm. being dis- seen and discovered yeah. and and curated and, yeah. and and you know the soul of what they're yeah. doing supported. I, yeah. you know I don't want to romanticize it. I know that there's but also, you can yeah. Well, it, and it, it I I okay I do. I, Good. I, I'll, I'll romanticize it, but you know it's it, it, the, the thought of you know. <clears throat> you know, finding someone in Mali or find, mm-hmm. you know, just like all over the planet. You know, yeah. I it's funny. I, do do you, we, sh- we may share a friend in, mm. um, do you know Bill Bregan? Oh, God, yeah. Menachem Bregan. He's like, yeah. You know, Menachem. <laughs> he's one of my oldest friends. and He's actually responsible for me knowing yeah. a lot of people that I know in the arts yeah. world. But he's also responsible for the following thing. He's going to kill me when this. <laughs> he hears I, this. When I first met him, we started hanging out. He would literally tell me about a guy in Trinidad in a specific, on a street, a specific yeah. street who had, this is his rhythm, the thing yeah. that he, I'm like, Bill, yeah. come on, hi, we're over here. It's like, yeah. we want to understand, you know. Yeah. But that's Bill, you know, I, I, yeah. I love him. But it's, it's, it's an amazing, so, well, it's an amazing responsibility, I think, to, to have to be like, well, we have to make sure that we, you know, book things that, you know mm. keep the mo- the momentum and the program running mm. because you can't just live on like well everyone's going to love this Yeah, you know that that's got to be daunting and mm. amazing at the same time you know yeah uh, we had a guest on the show do you know a musician named Bobby Previtt yeah uh, bobby said something that was so incredible and it made me think of you and, and, and speaking you and wanted to even yeah. speak to you more because he said you know in the performing arts world i feel like there's been and I'm paraphrasing. I'm just yeah, he said, "What's wrong with going to see something that makes you, f- that challenges you and makes you feel really uncomfortable?" He's he was like, "What's wrong with feeling like you're lost at sea for an hour and a half and you're you're a little scared and challenged?" He's like, "There's been, it's the bandwidth with, with totally. the rest of the nation has sort of narrowed." He's like, "You should <laughs> you should cherish that because you get yeah. you get to go and experience something and then you get to step away from it yeah. and think about it." Yeah. And I thought that was so spot on, Yeah. you know? And so you're charged with coming yeah. up with these experiences yeah. to fuck with
1: people. I mean, in that,
0: a way, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: It's, it's a profound act of generosity on my behalf. No, it's, wow. No, but it is. It's the, I completely agree with what he's saying. And, you know, having been working in this area for so long, that it used to very much be, that there was a certain kind of cachet inside of the individual that would be attained by embarking upon an experience that was utterly unknown. You don't know right. the name of the artist, you don't know exactly where you're going in the venue, yeah. so on and so forth, but you are compelled with your curiosity to be present, Yeah. right? Yeah. Now, that sense of discovery of something, yeah. that you then go, oh my god, I saw this thing, uh, that is less and less. So it's really, Why? if there's no name recognition to the artist, if there's not a specific mm-hmm. kind of, you know, clips and this and that on mm-hmm. your, it's, it's, and I think part of it is that as we've had a um, lessened amount of, I guess, philanthropic investment or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of R&D level of undergirding, the scaffolding support that allows something to come into being is totally different than the support of, what goes on that stage at the end.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Very tricky for people to understand.
2: Yeah.
1: And and support. Yeah. And so then it's, you know, in the culture of likes and thumbs-ups and thumb-down and how many stars and tomatoes and whatever the hell else. <laughs> I like
0: tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. Aren't there some, like, tomatoes rotten tomatoes or yeah. some damn yeah. thing?
1: Yeah. So um, I think what it is is that we are increasingly pressurized to move towards that which is familiar
2: mm.
1: and yeah. reinforce it. And then there's a different sort of cultural omnivore that says, yes, discovery is vital, and it's what keeps art and culture and ideas. And the disruption of complacency.
0: Yeah, yeah. In a safe space. You know, it's just thinking on the top of my head. What that would make me do is for everything I book that is, you know... uh, Yeah. I mean, everything that I have that Mm -hmm. would be like, well, here's this thing you're familiar with, whatever. The opening act would always be something that you just get your ass kicked, whether you like it or not. You know, I don't. Yeah. But um, okay. Well, you can always
1: filter in surprise, but when you watch, I mean, when you watch again, it's a certain amount of both resource pressure, um, but also. And, you know, coming back into the U.S. now after having lived overseas for a good eight years, it's not like mm. I wasn't back and forth, but yeah. really being back. Like you were in Melbourne. I mean, yeah. some
0: serious back and forth when you would do yeah, it. That, I mean, that's, yeah, that's quite yeah, a commute. Yeah. Um, that, that's about as south as, it, yeah. you know, that's more south than Mississippi and mm. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> it's but
1: it's, yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's very sophisticated, very, you mm. know, it's a fantastic city and a great country. Yeah it knows how to utilize its arts very, very yeah. well in the social fabric of its cultural meaning and its engagement with the world. Yeah. It's not looking to be a dominant power. It's looking to be a soft power of mm-hmm. intelligent you know, yeah. interconnectedness, which is fabulous. Coming back in here, where there's not kind of a baseline of ongoing support mm-hmm. for the kinds of work that we do, mm-hmm. and for education, and for a lot of things, mm-hmm. you see then the pressure that the absence, you know, the diminishing pools of resilience in an artistic population will cause people to stop taking the path of least resistance, or start taking the path path
2: of of
1: least resistance, and I think it's really important when people are in positions like myself or positions of artistic leadership that we don't fool ourselves into thinking that making somebody of social influence and possible philanthropic heft Mm. slightly uncomfortable at intermission for 30 seconds is worth then avoiding the presentation of that art.
2: Yeah. You know? No, no, that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's, it's not like you go off and you're just Googling up a program and, and go, you go shopping and then you plop it in your space. There's a yeah. lot that goes into it yeah. where it's not all, you know, it's the validity, the diversity of these things, emerging artists with very established artists, people who continue to push at the fence line of that familiar so that we have more to consider
2: yeah
1: um, is a really it's a tricky balance and then and then it's also matching I, I notice it a lot in visual art because I curate in in visual art as well as performance but Visual arts we would inherently understand that asking somebody to cut their painting in half so that we could afford it and put it on our wall yeah. would somehow be a violation of the integrity of that artist's vision. <laughs> just a,
2: just a touch.
1: Right? Or 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 to expand it by like five yards so it can hold <laughs> down an entire lobby or something. Right. You know, a little bit of a problem there. But in live performance those lines are a little more fluid.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? Yeah, and absolutely. so they're working on different stage sizes, different house sizes, different audience scales, different kinds of things. And music has more uh, flexibility on that, yeah. but than does dance or or theater in particular. But yeah. it's a really, you know, when I'm thinking through the programming, I'm also thinking like I got to take out the first six rows because if it's a choreography and the dancers move up stage, yeah, now you don't see their feet on the floor anymore. Right, right, right. You know, you you start and so people start thinking of these art forms and they go, yeah, you know, contemporary dance. I don't I don't really like contemporary dance. And you go, well. That's because you were sitting in the front row and didn't see half of it. Yeah. Because your presenting organization wasn't paying attention to you. Right. They were putting another notch on the resume of what came through the hall.
0: That's interesting. And
1: so I really choreograph how the audience is seated. Like, I don't send out the tickets immediately after somebody buys them. Mm -hmm. We truly hand select where they're going to be to try and create the absolute maximum experience possible. I mean, sometimes, even for acoustic reasons at Royce Hall... I will leave a seat in between people. Right. So they're totally confused when they come in. They're yeah. like, wait a minute, what does your ticket say, honey? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm in
0: 12. Or are you in 13? You know. You're in 16? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah.
1: Um, it's like they think they're boarding an airplane. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, we won't be together. Yeah. Somebody will let us change. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but, it, then you see, but it allows them, you know, space around them yeah. where you can be alone and together in relation to the yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and checkerboard out the whole, and it gives a whole different thing. So I'm constantly trying to match the creative fluidity of what I have, knowing the work, with how an audience is going to best be able to receive it, Mm. with the the most amount of um, care put into that. Let alone context and everything else. Absolutely, I
0: wouldn't even see. I wouldn't think of that. Yeah, I would, you know, and uh, because I think I'm coming so strongly from uh, just a music. You know, mm. portion of it, and I'm like, yeah. d- d- "What is the sound guy? Just d- d- turn on, you know, and, yeah. you know, let's go." Yeah. You know? I mean, I remember the show. The show that I did, the couple of shows that I did here with with Hal
2: Wilner. Sure.
0: Were, I mean, it was like, if 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 William William. William Burroughs yeah. and, like, the, the Little Rascals put on a show together. Yeah. It was insanity. Exactly. So I got no sense of, like, yeah. the way it was put yeah. together, because yeah. it wasn't put together. It was yeah. just, like, flying by this. And I, the beauty of those shows, actually, was that part of the the whole thing was it just happened. It just was like, exactly. I know there were nuts and bolts, and there was, you know, the sound was a specific yeah. thing, and the lighting and yeah. all that but once we got running, it was just, yeah. it was just like, hey guys, yeah. hold on. And, yeah. Oh, and by the way, do you have five hours? <laughs> do you have five hours? Yeah. <laughs> but to be able to get up on stage and score a film, yeah. like, yeah. you know, on an 80-foot screen and yeah. then, you know, look over at Philip Glass and go, your turn, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like, oh, Philip. come on yeah
1: come on get out there just
0: kicked your ass yeah and
1: those you know those kinds of projects where you're having lots and lots of artists come together around something yeah you know in in the case of Hal Wilner it's the coming together around Hal yeah well yeah and he's remarkable yeah Um, uh, but it is there's there's, those have a lot of liberty in them yeah right too much Sometimes, sometimes, perhaps. Do
0: not give half five hours, because he'll take six. You know, if you give, it a, if you give him an engine, he'll yeah. take seven hours. And then
1: there's other where where other kinds of projects where it really is there is a full concept that is running to time that needs every oh, speck of everything to yeah. be, to to come to bear on making that absolutely.
0: Happen. So I mean, it's so
1: you're going across a pretty wide margin, yeah.
0: Alright, so you're playing volleyball in yeah. college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not Working you off on the my film degree. <laughs>
1: minoring in visual art. Wondering what the hell those theater actor people think about. Maybe I should do that. Oh boy. Okay. You know.
0: But what, what what gets you all right, so you're I mean, you're in Montana. What mm. the hell brings you to Montana? I mean mm. I guess you're already up where in Washington State were you Well Santa? I was
1: yeah, I was um at that point, I, my, my parents had moved, and the, the, the final destination on the move before they split up was Coeur Idaho. Nice oh, little lake town it's, it's a, near Spokane, Washington, yeah. right? And we'd moved quite a lot in my growing up years as my father moved along the ladder. And, mm. uh, and that's when my mom was like, we need to be somewhere that's at least beautiful. You can yeah. commute to Spokane and do whatever you're doing, but this yeah. is where we're going to be and from there i had you know i was probably heading my my mind would have headed me towards seattle or minneapolis mm-hmm. two places we'd also lived and i liked very much but there was you know the men's olympic volleyball coach uh, at the time way back in the day way back in ancient history was coaching the women's volleyball team oh i was put on scholarship that got me in there that got That's me incredible. out from underneath yeah you know having to call my dad for money every month. I would
0: month. never have guessed that you were a scholarship yeah. violinist. I mean, no. not, not based on anything. Just, I no. would think, like, no, you're sitting there and you <coughs> like throwing paint at people, and you're yeah. just, you know, whatever. Yeah. It
1: was. <laughs> but it was an interesting thing, <laughs> because thing there was that, and then I had a little academic thing, but I was trying, I thought I'd go into visual art. And when I went into visual art, I had not encountered abstraction so mm. as soon as I got into studio art... Yeah, you had the
0: apricot pit. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. But I thought it looked like, you know, a real live, you know, shrew with little cute ears and stuff <laughs> um, and pithy quotes on its belly. But, uh, <clears throat> but um, uh. what I realized in that was that, you know, I could draw. I had a lot of facility for drawing and making things, but it, it was my, my, my studio teacher had said to me, like, God, chris if you you know you should just take a picture of this like right. if wh- why are you stuck on that and i yeah. was like well this is what i've been rewarded for doing uh. she was like so abstraction was very hard for me to get my brain around wow really hard it's almost a and i was also taking position
0: that can't get around avant garde jazz it's or, like or improvising. improvising like at all. if yeah. i don't have
1: a score in front of me i don't know what i'm supposed to do oh, and that was absolutely imagine. how i would have been functioning you yeah. know i grew up in sort of smaller towns and i'd been exposed to a lot but it was craft functionality that kind of thing sure. that would have penetrated my own limits of my imagination
2: mm.
1: in a drawing sense or mm. painting and then uh, but i was also taking film because i wanted to i understood it as a kind of a storytelling medium of some kind
2: mm.
1: when you so i was double majoring and i'm moving along these paths and what happened to me was that i ended up discovering abstraction in learning film mm rare odd yeah. but because it was so much about you know physics and light and tungsten exposure rates and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah all this kind of stuff sound patches and mixing and so i was learning all the gear yeah. but i was like well where's the art part where's yeah. that part yeah so then i started pushing that medium into an art sense
2: right
1: with a sort of experimental documentaries and projections on the sides of moving trains and yeah. things like that which led me back into visual art now understanding abstraction from sure. a whole different medium. Oh, that's right. And so then I continued on on that path. And I guess what it was is that I, I noticed so ultimately a point as an athlete was that I was going further and further into kind of art culture in my college years. And, you know, Bozeman, Montana, it's not like it's bereft of a lot of pretty great artists over there. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot. Yeah. Um these, you know, western towns tend to have some pretty radical stuff going yeah, on behind the scenes. Really do. Yeah. And And so all the artists and the film people and the kind of musicians would come to my volleyball matches. And all of the athletes would come to the film screenings or the exhibition openings. And I realized in that that I was a connective tissue between other. And it's that thing, actually, that I do. I continue to be able to do reasonably well. And Mm -hmm. it ends up being so you can't exactly get trained for that, but it, it's no. a it's an authentic interest in people, and where the limits of their own experience hem them, yeah. and where the right kind of welcome towards something else yeah, 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 yeah. can build a bridge that's actually meaningful, that's and that's amazing. what I try to do.
0: We've touched on, in, in the course of doing the show, we're about, maybe about 45 episodes in, yeah. so, you know, a lot of conversations in music. I found in my father, and I, I don't know if you know yeah. what my father's background was, but you know, it's was a big record producer, Atlantic Records, 60s, you know, a lot of jazz and R&B. Athletes always hung out at his sessions, yeah. and he always was tight with basketball players, football players. Yeah. There's, a, there's a real, you know, especially in jazz and R&B, there was just real, even yesterday when I was talking yeah. to Rocco Urbishi, mm. he's like, you know you know how many athletes want to hang with Richard Pryor? Yeah. You know, it's just like, so I can see if you're yeah. in between that and you're actually doing it and you're artistic, that's amazing. It really is a bridge between yeah. the worlds. and it, it. It's funny, you just said something that's that really true. It, you, you can't be taught that. You have to actually be that. Yeah, it's you know? true. It's not something you can aspire to. It's like, oh, hey, whoa, wait a minute. I just dug yeah. that I am, this is what I am. Yeah,
1: you know? well, in both of them, too. And it, this is where I think entertainment is quite different in 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 a really great athlete in a really great artist you know the outcome you're going for you know what you want it to be but you don't know what it is right right okay. it's aspirational right and if you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt the end result of mm-hmm. your endeavor yeah. you usually won't do it you'll well, move yeah. in a different direction sure right because otherwise it's just laboring in a formula
2: right
1: And so there is that thing of what you you can relate to the idea of somebody trying to endeavor to use their whole self very, very fully Mm. and well towards an unknown outcome with a great wish at the other side. Mm. An entertainer will train themselves to be able to do the thing with exactitude over and over and over inside of a formula where the outcome is absolutely known Yeah, and and you must get to it. Focus groups to compose the ending of something,
2: sure. all of that, sure.
1: and a, and an entertainer artist, an artist that moves in that direction, they know they have to hit that moment, hit that note, hit that movement, hit mm-hmm. that joke, hit that thing exactly yeah. over and over and over and over and over towards that outcome. Right. But an artist will be bored by that rapidly, and an athlete will too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, as an art, you know, as an artist myself, yeah. I know that. I generally fail when I try. Well, there's also, actually this just dawns on me. Mm. I know that I also, when I aspire to do a specific thing with a certain outcome, yeah. I, I usually fail because I really can't do that. Yeah. I have the skill set to do things, yeah. but unless the idea that I'm pursuing and the, and the sort of thought that I have mm-hmm. just kind of can happen on its own over yeah. time, you know. It's weird because well, when it's you're even,
1: writing. It's even right here. You know, it's not like you said, here's our script, No. here's the things, here's the questions, is what we're going to do, and this is what I'm trying to get to. Right. It's like we're having a conversation, we have no idea where it's going. Absolutely not. Which is the only reason that makes it interesting. (laughs) Hopefully. So back to writing.
0: When we get into our Russian truck driver (laughs) uh, portion of the conversation. But but the thing is, yeah, when you're writing, it's funny. In the last... So, okay. Yeah. A little bit about me, which I don't Mm. usually do in these things. But in the last 15 years, I've purposefully... Absolutely stayed away from working on pop records from working around major labels for a, mu- a multitude of reasons I wanted to build my own thing. I yeah. really didn't want a, you know yeah. a couple of bad experiences working in that sort mm. of structure yeah. will make you say hey build it on your own. Just yeah. do your own thing. You'll be fine, yeah. but Something kicked in in the last year and a certain certain kinds of artists are seeking me out to work on certain kinds of things Yes, and it's a trip because you get back into these buildings, and you get around these, you know, you're like, oh, here we go again. And it really hasn't changed. And you're just, it's, you're working. It was a lot of fun to work on a couple of a couple of things I worked on in the last year. I happened yeah. to, I worked on a thing with Quincy Jones. And it was really kind of a trip. Yeah. Because it was like, well, he's so heavy. <laughs> but at the same time, what we were working on was so like there's just it boom 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 there's a there's a sh- structure, yeah. and yeah. that's it. You're there's no room. You know, it's it's just really weird. Long yeah. story short, yeah, you you, I don't think that my mind is set up to see. You know, like, Adam, Britney Spears, Britney Spears, yeah, uh, you know, sure. like it just it doesn't yeah. work. And I think people look at music now, especially nowadays, and they say, well, no, you're good music. Like, why could why couldn't you do something with her can yeah yeah i was like what am i gonna do you know yeah. like it's yeah there's a compl- yeah it, it's kind of what you're just speaking to it's just like well why can't we just go this way and we'll find out what it is yeah oh no no it has to be this and there's the chorus and this is what people are waiting yeah it's like well fuck people what yeah. they're expecting and waiting for yeah. why don't you, you know honestly i always look i look at pop music now and i, I go to myself like if i had like three or four hits all I would want to do is find a way to like do a song with Shaka Khan or Sly Stone, like I'd be like, I have power now. I'm the mayor right. of Europe. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Why, why on earth would I want to continue doing this? I would. Where's and Fire? Yeah. You know, let's revive the Mills Brothers. You know, yeah. like. But no one seems. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. See so, to think you, that way. No, you got
1: to team up with Al Wilner. <laughs> yeah. But that's I that the thing of like, too, when yeah. there is some form of poetry within you. Mm. then utilizing yourself as a piece of a machine Mm. is a really (laughs) confronting and vexing proposition.
2: It's really right.
0: You know, my father used to tell me, my father was always super, super tight with photographers. Something Ah, about photographers. Really close with Lee Friedlander. Very dear friend. Right. Uh, A couple other, you know, heavy, you know, uh, Gary Winogrand, like just, just like heavy oh, American sh- yeah. legends, yeah. And every time he hung out with them, it was funny. He was like a giddy kid because he was just like, yeah. you know, these guys just they don't care, that they, yeah. they don't give a shit. They're no. fearless. Lee is a, is a perfect example. Yeah. Do you know what Lee's background was before he got became Lee? No. He was basically the staff photographer for Atlantic Records. He took oh, all right of the of iconic shots of Minus. Yeah. Coltrane, yeah. Aretha, Big Joe Turner, yeah. Herb Baker, these these photographs, and, and it's so funny, wow. we would hang out with him. Yeah. And my father would be like, he, would p- he picked up this picture, I'll never forget, it was a picture of, it was a Charles Mingus picture, and he shows it to him and he goes, hey, oh, yeah, you know, that's alright. Mm. And it's just the, the most defining picture of Mingus you've ever seen, and he, right. goes, he goes, yeah, but what about this? And, I, and you realize, yeah. it was a gig. Yeah. It was a gig and you you know, so my sure. father would always say to me, Schmuck. Yeah When someone calls for you to do the Wrigley's bubblegum commercial, just do it. Yeah. Just shut up and get through it and then you'll be <laughs> you know he's like you gotta balance it because yeah. you can't yeah. you know and yeah. he was a hundred percent right. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. The, the, the interesting and we'll get back to, you know, Russian truck drivers in a minute. Um the 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 interesting thing for me though about you uh mm. is is what leads you what gets you to Melbourne? Mm. What gets you? What? How do you go from
1: Portland? Yeah,
0: to, yeah, exactly. Portland to Melbourne. I mean, obviously, you know, you build relationships in this world. You have people that you know all over the place, but that—that's a really heavy thing that you ran down there. I remember, yeah. you know, when when Hal and, and Linda started oh, explaining, yeah. you know, they are just like, yo, yeah, she's she's the shit. You got, <laughs> you know, like that that gig. That was a big gig. Mm. Weren't mm. you the dean of something? What? Yeah. What? I mean, I was the the artistic director for. (laughs) I was the
2: deputy dean.
0: Dean Wormer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very (laughs) briefly, I will share.
1: Very briefly. I was like, oh.
0: Please leave. Talk about heavy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. So. Yeah. Running. I mean, how did Portland to? You know, I'd started this thing, the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, PICA, the TBA Time Based Art Festival, and. There was a certain place in which, you know, I had I had realized even when I started, I was like, God, I'm the only person that I can think of right now that's uniquely and naively positioned Perfect. to try and do this thing. Yeah. And this is a city and a place that needs it, warrants it, and I should just throw myself headlong towards creating this, you know, alternative space and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, but I knew, I was like, so I'll start it because I will be a good bridge ba- builder. I will be... Bridging again. You know, I will be able to connect things inside of this tapestry, threadbare as it may be,
2: yeah.
1: and then somebody who really knows what they're doing will be able to take it on. And that somebody really knowing what they're doing didn't materialize, <laughs> and so there I was. And it was my, but my impulse was, this is consistent with me, I think. I've always been sort of headhunted and moved towards, you know, you're gonna end up in New York, you gotta go to New York. Mm. And there was something about that time period in which, yes, I had lots of opportunity in front of me, but I also was like, inside of the Pacific Northwest at that particular time, around a certain amount of contemporary artists. The Mm. region's voice was not really knit into a national dialogue. Right, okay. And if I go into the national dialogue, but abandon this place, that's then it starts over in a right. different way, and so I didn't.
0: That's pretty soulful, by and the way. That's pretty cool to think of, like, staying in a specific place to, keep, to, to like, let it grow. And well, you know?
1: and you become a connector. And I mean, I say this, and I don't mean it in a grandiose way.
0: No, it didn't come up. But
1: it was just, uh, and, and it was impossible, which I also loved. I was like, <laughs> since everybody has told me that yeah. this is absolutely impossible, that a not for profit arts organization that works with artists nationally and internationally in a region that is not necessarily known as an arts leader worldwide, you're gonna try and start a not for profit. Yeah. And that's impossible. So how can we help you? You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. um, and, <laughs> cool. and and I you know, I had enough collectors of my work and a certain amount of patronage around that and so I could start it. But at a certain point too, you do I did really realize that um, I would, you know, it's like being a sculptor. You see a piece of clay or a stone or something Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, I am awake. I am alive to this thing and I am tearing into it. And then after you figure out some, you know, form, then you can patina or buff the edges and that's a Mm -hmm. refinement that's also very, you know, fun. And then after that, you're dusting. And I knew there would come a point where I would be dusting that organization. And the likelihood of me being able to succeed at dusting and maintaining was not going to be high. Yeah. And I would probably tear into it, break the whole thing, and then start again. At which point you go, I must plan for my exit and transition, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. must happen. Also yeah. to give you something, for me at least, when you're in a position of leadership or you've been entrusted or bestowed with a certain amount of responsibility, you also want to invest in the others who have helped make that happen the yeah. staff or whoever
2: yeah
1: well unless you step away from your position they have really nowhere else to go
0: absolutely
1: and that to me is the kind of last gesture of a leadership is that you do step away mm. so that that can happen that that other mobility can happen and you throw yourself into, the unknown. Head you throw yourself into the,
0: the, the unknown throw yourself yeah, into the unknown hell yeah assistant coach gets a career <clears> but, yeah you know. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. so or strategically it or... was
1: like we have to start working on this and it ended up being like five years before I actually did transition mm. but I built a plan around how that would happen That's so which cool. also, it, it's also selfish because you know a certain if everybody just sticks to the cult of personality of, you know, a beloved and possibly secretly you know, reviled leader <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah. that that uh, if it, if if your transition threatens its strength, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because a lot of funders will pull back and a lot sure, of resources they get pull back. To you, they and get then there's it. a wait and see, or they don't wait and see, but there's a continuous comparison to you, to the person who's now occupied your position, mm. who needs the liberty of adjusting it in the light of their own vision and whatnot. So if you feel like it will be vulnerable and therefore threatened, you're a slave to it.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I had to make a plan so I would never sure. become enslaved to my loyalty of this thing uh-huh. in order for it to thrive. But it meant I had to kick my ass out into the great unknown. Right. And people again thought I would end up in New York, and I uh, moved to Australia. My partner's Australian. Yeah. yeah, You know, laws at the time made it a lot easier for us to be able to move to Australia than staying in the U.S. And, yeah. and for there, I was literally, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Australia, and maybe i got to brush up on my barista skills or, you know,
2: <laughs>
1: maybe I can make a really outrageous American hot dog cart or something. I'm sure I'll be a contributor to the society in some way. And then yeah. and then I was, you know, kind of tapped for the Melbourne Festival job. Mm. And it was, for me, uh, first of all, it afforded me a lot of learning uh, about what, what was going on ter- internationally on in a much, much larger scale, of
2: course, yeah. the
1: portfolio and the footprint of it vastly larger than what I was doing in Portland but Were a mission afraid? imperative
0: you, did you have any fears or yeah. it tells me no well you
1: know it's interesting because
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'm this. not sure
1: that's the word for the feeling state but that feeling state definitely jangles your nerve endings a lot yeah so yeah I'm not very good with fear I try to avoid that one that's and I'm good. not very good with worry because I can't make anything out of it it right. just wastes time wow. and energy so
0: you're so not Jewish <laughs> <laughs> I ah. just tell you right now yeah. i am in uh, constant angst yeah. and fear it yeah. propels a lot of hopefully great work yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> there is I mean I, I have a, I mean I I'll definitely have anxiety and definitely like yeah. pressure I feel pressure 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 right. but but you, you just have to kind of go there's a there's a ethical artistic creative compass in you yeah. use it to the best that this mission allows you to do yeah. and engage as many different kinds of ways of being as you could. And in doing that, one of the things that I realized, and I realized it straight away, is that when people here in the U.S. were like, Christy Edmonds is going to Australia. Oh, my God, why would you do that? I knew they'd never been. Right. And so I realized immediately before I even landed into that job that building the identity of its cultural um, capacity and its heft Mm. to an international community was going to be very important because it was misunderstood and that changed a lot the festival was highly international and well regarded and and I focused as I tend to on contemporary you know mavericks in one way or another and uh, yeah so I learned a lot I had my ass kicked wildly Um, but I was able also at that time to do a lot more for also even, you know, US-based artists mm. and others, because Australia looks to Europe quite a lot. Yeah, very And much. so there was, you know, North America, South America, and Asia were not exactly, you know, cultural trade routes that had no. been well-defined uh, uh, or secured. And so I was able to do a lot more uh, in that regard, which was really, really good. And mm. for Australian artists to be able to be... If you build an identity where international colleagues and artistic directors are looking at what's going on in your festival program, in that platform, or artists are discovering something about Melbourne or the place that they've now landed, and it's invigorating, you know, you couldn't want a better spokes, you know, a mouthpiece out in the world. So what happened as a result of that was that I was able to take a lot of Australian artists who are hugely significant but had not been seen on international stages to the same degree, Right. And get that moving, which yeah. was really good. That's
0: incredible, yeah. especially to come from overseas and you know yeah. be a foreigner and help with something like well, that. that must and been-
1: P.S. It was like George W. Bush just got elected for a second term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was intense. Ah, yeah, it was two thousand four. Actually, two thousand five. But of course, I carried. Wow. You know, yeah. so but but it was that was also a gift to me in a way because I was encountering that shift from. Where we were in the uh, global imagination before September 11th, after September 11th, which had a lot of solidarity and a lot of, you know, except for certain parts of the world, obviously, yeah. who had a clear, yeah. trying to say something quite clear to us.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but.
0: That was a trivial traveling it, during that time yeah, and being. But American
1: then, that, you know, Bush's decision to invade Iraq and all of that, all now gone, 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 gone. So I'm sitting there at the pointy end of it. And also, I was the first non-Australian in the artistic director post there, um, yeah. except for the founder. And right. what was interesting is that, and I was listening to it very deeply because it was this n- fear or uh, resistance to, rightly so, the idea that um, an American would now Americanize mm. their high art culture. Sure. That the you know that that this was now the last standing, and you yeah. know. The, well, that an American coming in was going to now Americanize and <coughs> their culture. Yeah. But instead it was utilizing a deep sense of listening to place and, and, and ambition and the natural creative ingredients of that which is there that has extraordinary
2: yeah.
1: such an extraordinary gift to move that out into the world. So it actually brought more of a sense of being Australian right. to the Australian cultural community through the lens of somebody who wasn't there. So you're right. always a burden and a blessing when you're ever right. a stranger.
0: Yeah. You know. But it was it, it seemed to be incredibly yeah. successful. It, yeah. it must have been an incredible experience. It was, it was uh, Yeah. O, o, o 04 to o 08 or Yeah. Or yeah, so yeah,
1: usually those, you know, they rotate you like um uh like you're part of the diplomatic corps. It's like <laughs> <laughs> don't you're get too used to do it. it. Yeah. Don't 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 think you're going to build a legacy here Yeah, and it's really. part of being polite. The gatekeeper is technically speaking, kind of unencumbered, as they want to invest in your vision yeah. within a certain amount of principles and things like that. And yeah. then uh, they rotate that vision. So rather than you having to be all things to all people in the International Festival, they'll, ch- they'll swing the pendulum. Like if you move away from classical or very conventional forms, then it'll you know inch right. towards more contemporary in the next appointment and then maybe swing back. So eventually oh, they get right. to everything. Right. It's a way of being polite. <laughs> ah,
0: ah. So okay so so you kind of knew you'd, you'd be there yeah. for a Yeah, Well, set. I thought it'd be a couple
1: of years and then they asked me to do 4 and that was a little unprecedented for them. Wow. Which was good. I mean, y- and also with the level of uh, you know when you you're building massive amounts of internationalized relationships yeah. and building uh, it's I mean it's hugely it's a nationally visible festival and their major festivals are. Yeah. And so the the question of how do you maintain relationships you know when the pendulum swings like if you've worked a lot in contemporary European theater or Mm -hmm. different things like this and then it's gonna go into symphonic and chamber music maybe for a while who maintains the relationship to those bridges Mm -hmm. from dance and a variety of other kinds of of things let's say and so that was one where uh, I think they made a wise choice of Slowing down the rotation of artistic directors so that the institutions had longer relationship lives. Yeah, no,
0: that
2: seems to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then I was start, and then you know I started got this crazy call from the Park Avenue Armory in (laughs) New York. Yeah, New York calls. (laughs) Yeah, and there I am on the precipice of New York again, and so I did, but it was a commute back and forth to get the artistic programming and ethos set up inside of the Park Avenue Armory. Right. So I was doing that from Melbourne. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were doing that so I would, from here. Yeah, doing, and okay. then I did it from here yeah. after I took the position here. Then for, for just like a year, a yeah. couple of years, yeah, okay. yeah. So, but what? that was another thing. It was like, gosh, how do you, uh, how do you actually make? I mean, I've realized, I guess, at the end of the day, is that as an artist, mm. institutions are now my medium. It's not that I'm actually working in. Right. The craft and materials of what I used to do. Well, that's what, said, that's what I but said earlier. Yeah. I was saying, you're, yeah.
0: you're, you're, you still have to think like an oh. artist. and you, Yeah, your medium Truly. Is, is...
1: So you go into an institution as your kind of raw materials and try and reinsert a soul into what it says it stands for. That's basically what I
2: do.
0: Yeah. Well, but, <laughs> oh, but let me ask you something. So you yeah. finally, after, mm. you know, maybe this is a decade or 12 or 15 yeah. years later, New York... Mm. New York in 2008 is a much different New York than, yeah. than a much different oh. gilded age,
1: yeah. money,
0: money, money, mm-hmm. New York. Yeah, You finally get there. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know if you're at liberty to actually say yeah. how you really felt. Yeah. someone tells me you are. Yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. you seem like that kind of person. Yeah. How did it strike you? I mean, I, uh, to be really, yeah. really clear, I don't really know much about the Park Avenue, or Marie. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what you set up there, what yeah. you curated there. I, I know that you were doing it, but I you yeah. know, just can't know everything. You know, but did you did you really did did you finally get to work in New York and go? Yeah, I made it there. You know, it's <laughs> like, when I first got to LA and I would yeah. meet with people here, they go, "Well, you're from New York. You know, how do you how are you finding LA?" And I go, "Yeah, eh, yeah I made yeah. it there." You yeah, yeah, like I get it. Yeah, you know? right. It's like, yeah. I love New York, but the it is it's like
1: my third home yeah. that I've never lived in. Right. <laughs> My closest relationships are there. A lot of, you know, all these different, you know, it's intelligence and it's, um, you know, it's astonishing. And it's a city that is also full of great love, I think.
0: Really? Yeah. (laughs) We might have a different view. Yeah. I mean, I I spent 25 years of my life there. Yes. Great love. Uh, my, it can eat
1: you alive, spit you out the other side, yeah, do a variety of other it things. That's fuck that. I, every that, day. That, yeah. But, but yeah. you
0: know, to me, I, I, you know, maybe I'm just like really, maybe ultimately pessimistic. Mm. It's also a city full of great greed and just, oh it's yeah, just yeah. It became so overwhelming. That to me, yeah. that
1: to me is the thing. When you go, what was it? Yeah. you know, it at 2008. Yeah, and continuation from there. Really. Yeah, it's that that finally <laughs> overrode.
0: You know what it is? It's a cyclical thing. And yeah. I think that, you know, you know, I I, I was talking to a friend of mine he's a composer and he was talking how like there's always a struggle between film and TV and one thing mm. becomes more you know, Yeah. New York is 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 the same thing. Like yeah. if if you know I, I work with Laurie Anderson for a spell sure. on you know on Life on a String. Yeah. You know, Hal produced that record and I worked yeah. on it and I just I always yeah. You know what's funny? My favorite things about working with artists most of yeah. the time is not actually the work. Mm. It's the interaction and the what are we doing for lunch? Exactly. And you know the work works itself out. Yeah. When, yeah. They're, the, when they're great, you just it just comes out of you and you yeah. go, "Hey, that was great." I, you know. Yeah. But I would sit with Lori and talk about like. How she found the mm. building she was in, yeah, and like just—you like, talked about real estate. <laughs> yeah. You
1: must have been in New York. Of course, you were in New well, York. no, but
0: you know, yeah. real, yeah, and, you know, guilty. Here it's about, traffic. Yeah, yeah, here it's traffic. New yeah, because yeah, but to to speak about, yeah. like, well, this was a place full of junkies, and yeah. the landlord was arrested, and yeah. the building. You know, this amazing creative sure. space that you walk into, and like, I'll, I'll never forget, like, a, how I was like, yeah. come down to the lorries, you know? Yeah. And you, know, you get there, and I set up my little rig, and I'm just like, yeah. something's gonna happen. This this is a great space. Yeah. But that great space came out of the craziness sure. and the complete insanity that was New York when yeah. she arrived. Yeah. You know, that doesn't exist anymore. No. You don't end up owning no. a no. building that's worth 30 million, whatever. No, you know what no, I mean? no, That doesn't exist, no. you know? No. So I think of that New York now and being, a you know, if I was a young artist, you know, it, it it's just you're informed by a lot of different things. Yeah. And and, and some of those things are not yeah. crack and heroin. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. so I, I, you know, if you had gone to New York 15 years earlier, yeah. you know, if the timeline yeah. permits... You would have seen a completely sure. different thing. Yeah. You know? Sure. You would have seen a younger Bill Brennan. <laughs> obsessed with you know Haitian. Did he uh, still have would, facial hair yeah. then? Yeah, I think he was born yeah. with facial hair. <laughs> yeah, Grover. Love
1: yeah. us some Bill. Yeah, but but yeah. you know
0: so okay. No, so, but I mean I. When you enjoyed the experience. Yeah, no, I always and I
1: always and not to you know dwell too much on New York, which mm-hmm. tends to happen once the city's name oh, comes yeah. up, but
0: passionate
1: topic? You know, it's, uh, when I talk about love, what I mean is,
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming back There that. is,
1: sorry, aside from, you know, greed and an overabundance of hyper-oppressive rationalism. <laughs> right?
0: A.K.A. love. There <laughs> is also
1: a complete irrational, errant line that runs through its artistic population. Mm. And okay. that thing, to me, is mm. part of where that real... You watch and it's like artists are showing up at other artists' work. Artists look after each other. The misfit land of, you know. Yeah. But they were able to invent something outside of having an economy to do it. It did right. not matter in the 60s and 70s if only three people were in your show. One of them was probably going to be an arts writer.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And that person was probably going to, you see what I mean? Yeah, 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 Now it's divvied out in different ways. And you, if you had three people in your show the likelihood of your career ending rapidly following that. You know what I mean? (laughs) So of course. So all that now it's not liberty under the kind of gestalt of being a a, a magnet for the discarded across the entire country. Mm. And what you can make from that stew and soup and connection to one another and a variety of things. Mm. Now it's like everything has to be planned, resourced, and how do you do that? Mm. Like I mean, how? Mm. That, to me, and that's where yeah. I think people coming into L.A., and when they first describe it, too, it's like, well, what, you know, I was talking to Tim Robbins, who is a wonderful, great guy, in every way I can describe a great human, and with his actors' Gang space, and I asked him when he moved from New York to here, because I secretly was now thinking about it and in conversations, uh, of course. but yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say finish. anything, yeah. but... And, and uh, so we were talking, and, and he said, I feel uh, free. Mm. And I think what that is, is that it's the absolute irrationality of this city. Yeah. My
2: God. Yeah,
1: My, I mean, yeah. l- Like the idea that you would figure it out and try to understand it, that even act of rational thought, yeah. you have to abandon. Absolutely. In yeah. order to experience what it actually is.
0: Yeah. I love it here. Yeah. I absolutely, you, you know, know I, I I never loved it here when I would yeah. come to work. Yeah. Even when I would do shows or whatever, like, yeah. I'd just be like, oh, I don't know, I don't get it. Yeah. But now that I'm here, it's like, it, there's just amazing mm. pockets of amazingness. Exactly. It's just a great, yeah. it is actually a great place. It's yeah. It's not a bum rap, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. And people know, always tell you secretly, secretly they love LA.
0: Right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I but I, you know, it's yeah. funny, like, there are the, 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 the certain structures, aspects yeah. of it on the, the actual, I, I yeah. always tell people I don't live in L.A., like, I live in yeah. the South Pasadena. Yeah, you know, sure, like, exactly. I, I go yeah. into L.A., yeah. but where I live, is like Mayberry, and, uh-huh. and it allows me to, mm. over time, sort of adjust to yeah. just a completely different yeah. lifestyle, you know. Yeah. Me driving is, in and of itself is, is yeah. a whole other, no, exactly. it should be a documentary, but yeah. But, you know, it's an, it, I don't know, you know you, you're you lucky because you, you know, it's funny, you mentioned diplomatic corps earlier, but mm. in, in a lot of ways you, you yeah. are sort of in the diplomatic corps in a way because, you, you know, Melbourne, Portland, yeah. back and forth to New York, yes. LA, you know, is, is, is this program, and I don't want to yeah. cry, but yeah. is this program set up where like, you know, two years from now you're pushed somewhere else or is it, I felt like, it feels like it, you can probably stake it, your claim a little more. It
1: could be, and I don't know. And I'll right. put it this way, it's like, you know, conv- converting this from a kind of presenting organization where, on the one hand, you could say, I am going to go shopping mm. and find different kinds of creative work mm. to put inside of an iconic hall, Royce mm. Hall.
2: Place,
1: and um, it's sort of like decorating the legacy of architecture with what's happening now. or you can say this is one of the top research universities in the world and we work with ephemeral forms Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and we're around a young population there's like 55,000 undergrads here from all over the world and from California inside of a public institution and the transfer of knowledge to me you know unless you had really progressive parents the likelihood of you encountering that first kind of live performance experience or even visual art thing that just totally blew your mind is pretty slim and so the fact that that chance exists here with a 55,000
0: young... A people doing, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the possibility
1: is. that that can be docked up and close to them, to me, is significant. And mm. I sometimes think that what a you know a, a collecting institution like a museum is to contemporary visual artists or or objects or whatever, a university, a really good one, can be to performance because mm. you have the ability to transfer knowledge. Mm. You have the ability to... Affect the behavior of an institution's sense of legacy, right. you know, uh, and we can't own these things. You can't own a dance. You no. can't. So in fact, being an audience in a live experience is kind of like you are the, uh, you're the permanent collection of that work,
2: yeah. in that moment. Absolutely. And what
1: do you do with that? Right. And I think that that is a value-based proposition in a way. Yeah. Um. And and being able to do that on a university campus to me is a big deal. And there's like the special collections people in the libraries and when I work with artists, even with Lori, she's like doing research on drone technologies for a variety of things uh, and you can imagine. So it's like
0: I could see the two of you How quickly can I
1: stick you in front of the people who are over there working on a research grant that Mm -hmm. deals with some of this technology, you know? How quickly? Or, you know, I was talking with the dean of life sciences, because, again, I have to be outside of my comfort zone at all times. And um, she was saying, yeah, we just had this breakthrough, you know, discovering that the redwood trees in California are not genetically programmed to die. Like other trees are, and they fall in the nurse log, and everything happens, and it's necessary. But not redwoods. So they become more and more and more productive, and they're not actually genetically programmed to die. Well, I don't know what the hell to do with that. But to me, I'm like, I am awake! Oh, my God! You know, or somebody goes, yeah, we're researching on butterfly wings, and I think, you know, in nanotechnology or something. And it's like, yeah, it's not actually pigment that makes the color. It's the vibration of their cells, even long after death. And you go...
2: Why now it, yeah,
1: get yeah. Laurie Anderson and Philip Glass and a variety of other people in front of that kind of dialogue, and what happens? Yeah. It's that ability to convert things into meaningfulness
2: yeah.
1: through a very different set of lenses. Yeah. So that's what I like about being here. You know, at the same time, I have to be able to provoke people towards caring about this stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it's a As daily. We're, yeah, we're no one ever this, told right? me ever. Yeah. I was asked this for this magazine. It was like. You know, if you're if you were gonna tell anybody what you never expected to have happened, what I never expected in a lifetime of working in this field is that with each passing year, no matter what you accomplish, or how artists that you work with go on to do massively significant things, yeah. that you will spend a very significant percentage of your personal time and professional time defending why art matters in society and culture. It's like, how many times can I invent new words to say the same damn thing? <laughs>
2: yeah. But
1: it, it it's, that to me is a really remarkable American reality. It's, uh, yeah. No one prepared me for the endurance yeah. of having to answer that question. It's never going to Practically stop. Practically monthly. Yeah. You know. It's
0: far never out. going to stop. Far you know, out. listen, you know. It, for whatever it's worth in my own experience. Yeah. I, I you know, so my father passed, Then there's this all yeah. connect, my father passes away. Mm. And, you know, New York was kind of done for me. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you know, those sure. chapters, and you just go, hey, you know what? This yeah. is it. No more family here. My yeah, wife and I, yeah. You know, you've my Colette. We, yeah. we, we live outside of Philly, and this is when, this totally validates what you were just saying. Every yeah. single person that lived around me, mm-hmm. they literally would say to me, so you do music. So what do you really do? And I would just yeah. be like, "What do you mean?" Uh, ex- yeah. And it would just you know, I, I'm Jewish, and I lived in a you know <laughs> the, the area that where we lived a very Jewish section of Philly called the Main Line. It would be like, so you know you know this horrible accent you know in Philadelphia. You'd be like, "You do music? What do you got music in the movies?" Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah. Do you, you see Double worst Prada? Do you see Born? So you're like, there's yeah. music." People yeah. write, write that. Yeah, they, that's a job. No, it's not. You got to be a plumber or a lawyer yeah. or a doctor. It is a yeah. job. Yeah, and so stockbroker. Yeah, well, no, and that's uh. you know, try living in Tribeca in two thousand nine. You know, like
1: it's far out. Yeah,
0: it's unbelievable. So, yeah. the the concept. I, I'm surprised you said monthly because it's really daily. Yeah. I to, I will sure. speak to people. So we moved to LA. Yeah. Pulling up to this house we rented sight unseen. Yeah. My neighbor looks over at me and goes. I saw some road cases. Are you in music? And, you, and I'm like, mm. yeah. And I go, you know, I'm like sort of surprised. He goes, yeah, I'm a mix engineer. I'm a recording engineer. I said, we've landed. Yes. We're finally around right? people, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it is amazing yeah. that you have to remind, I think far more in this country. Yeah. I mean, no, I of course. I've lived in France. I've lived in England. Yeah, same. You know, yeah. you'll, there's, there's far more respect, mm. you know, far more just respect for the fact that, yeah. Yeah. hey, um, I'm working on a movie right now. And then from that movie, I'm going to be working on a TV show. And then yeah. from that, I'm going to tour. It's like here, people are, you know, I'm surprised you said monthly. It should always be hourly. Yeah.
1: But of yeah. course, I'm in that environment of <laughs> Well, yeah. You know, how can I make sure that, you know, it's like in the arts, there's this like, it's like this underground river throughout the whole entire world, mm. you know, and we're interconnected. We plug in and out of it. And the more yeah. you can surround yourself with that mm. kind of, um, you know. I suppose buoyancy of the possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So working in the arts where I have to raise money for it. I work with artists. I work with I you know, artists who are developing ideas, creatives, on and on and on and on.
2: Mm.
1: You know, and then it's kinda like oh, there's my phone. Yeah. The um okay. you know, but it's like the guy who works at the seven eleven. If if you get to or somebody at a restaurant or somebody in cuisine, if you say that you're working in the arts that is not where the justification tends to happen it's usually like oh, that's great doesn't mean they understand what that means but that doesn't matter there's no there's no push it's it's and you know if you say you're a painter they don't go oh well how much do you charge can you do my house you know or whatever they they are thinking in those ways or it's not so foreign it's more when there's a kind of zero-sum game pressure a pressure the idea that you know should we have paved streets or should we have this frickin' art business? Yeah. Like, what? What is that? That kind of thing. Yeah. Where when? Oh boy, could I not do your job? Because I would
0: constantly say, I'm like, we have paved streets, motherfucker. Right? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. We, you know, it's like stop buying. But tanks. it's also
1: like, yeah, and yeah. somebody paved those streets, yeah. and I don't think you're thinking about them.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: so. Well, yeah. That's but a it whole it's other it plan. is it it comes in waves with greater and greater degrees of it, but it's you know. That that very thing, at what point do we, you know, stop forcing a kind of question where truly the that sense of human heritage and you know that which brings joy and betterment mm. is a very significant thing to be tending to right now.
0: Yeah. It's not, a, it's not the best time no. in, our, in our species history. No. no. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, or
1: that, you know, I, I taught Peter Sellers. You know Peter Sellers, maybe. He's a really great theater director and a very charismatic thinker and artist. He teaches at UCLA often, and he teaches a course that's become quite legendary called Art as Social Action. And they asked me, he was touring, if I would teach it this quarter, and I just finished. Oh, great. It was really interesting because there was like... Was you it know, your first time teaching here? Teaching here, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, So I teach this course, and one of the things, I'd ask the students, okay, so they're like 19, 20, 21-year-olds predominantly, you know, if there was something that they felt concern around ultimately, like what, meaning, do you feel anything being leached out in your generational moment?
0: Oh, okay, great. Basically.
1: (laughs) Their fear is not really where the paycheck will be, or not, that's all worries, but it's... um. Their fear is is that their curiosity is at risk. Mm. That having curiosity is actually a strange luxury and they need to put it to the side and get cracking. That, to me, is profound insight.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've got to, you know, so that, you
0: know. (laughs) Wow.
1: So when you sit there in, yeah. a, in a field and in a job and in a professional context that you both love, um, but it, it busts your hump constantly, mm. to recognize that <coughs> the provocation to being awake differently mm. or mm. to feel uh, that curiosity is not a luxury, but an right. actually a very elegant and necessary possession that you
0: Absolutely.
1: have a liberty to hold
0: you know, it's funny. It's making me think of this new iPad ad campaign where, like, it's Robin Williams reading the poetry about it. it's all based on being curious and mm. what's your voice in Yeah. But in a way, it all kind of rings hollow because everyone <laughs> that's buying these things, is like, oh, uh, uh, you know, like, mm. you know, it's yeah. kind of, uh, yeah.
1: you know. But that's it's, you know, so I, I, I mean, not to get too far off it, but no, it's, it's a to me, it's a, that thing where, you know, you look at it too. These guys are spending tuition dollars at an unprecedented rate, unprecedented. The, the inability so. for a sense of, you know, the noblesse oblige of a, of a, of a society that says, yeah, actually we'd like to pass an, a bond measure to fund education so that the next generation has access to becoming their best selves. Mm. Wouldn't that be great? You know, and so yeah. on and so forth. Sure, sure, sure. And instead it's like, well, that's not gonna happen, so we have to raise tuition, and you're, you're teaching a young generation. You're mortgaging their futures. Mortgaging
0: their futures, you're also pricing out a, a yeah. significant population yeah. as well yeah. that probably yeah. deserves the yeah. education. Yeah.
1: And so that, to me too, it's like in these jobs where you know you can go, are you going to keep pushing on premium one, tier one seating prices going through the ceiling where everyone's price resistant? You can just yeah. carry on, carry on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or do you try and actually? generate the vehicles through which the mixing up of all of that contact from yeah. the young student to the person who's taking the only handful of buses that exist in the city or yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, mixed with yeah, all yeah, those different kinds really of things good. to be curious
2: <laughs> and complacency disrupted
1: and in you know communion with something that feels sublime in the time in which you're there and you're all in that thing together
2: yeah.
1: that is like okay I guess it's better than running a hot dog cart, although that is frequently my fantasy. I was like, really I said it the other day. They were cart. like, What What do you want to do? And I was like, yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably make a really great hot dog cart with a nice kind of lending library right next to it. Yes. And an open mic.
0: Yeah. An open and they were like, Of mic. course,
1: you're still going to be a curator. See?
0: I'll have an Ornette Coleman and a Coke, please. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> We could kind of end there. <laughs> you know, wow. yeah, yeah.
1: So, mm.
0: you know, there is a running theme in this. Thing. It's funny, in our show, they're, they're, I find the people that I respect the most and uh, the people that are, are really in it the most always know that at any minute it could just be
1: poof. Absolutely. You know,
0: you know uh, it's funny, you know, sat down with Moby and talk about someone who mm. hit Lotto in a in a, in a yeah. very big way, but yeah. to hear him speak about it, the yeah. couple of years that led up to it, yeah. he was like, I'm going to get a job doing this. He was like, I'm going out." Yeah. Two straight albums that just tanked yeah. like you can't fucking believe. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, you know, we're sitting on a four and a half acre piece of land in yeah, the Hollywood sure. Hills and I call bullshit on him, you know, yeah. a couple times during yeah, 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 yeah. it. But the reality is is that, you know, I yeah. think if you're really in it, you got to be open to yeah. the fact that you can really not be in it pretty soon. Sure. <laughs> you know, the yeah. hot dog card's not but, bad. But that's what yeah. makes the thank you. you know? yeah. There's always yeah. money in the banana stand. But it is.
1: <laughs> Somebody send me a little Bambi Airstream. Um, <laughs> I will be okay. But, yeah. it's, it's, but the, that's what makes, to me, the other thing about the arts, and artists specifically, is that they are in possession of a persistence of vision. Yeah. That becomes all the harder when the you know the pressure really is, how can you please just decorate mediocrity a little bit more so it will pass?
0: <laughs> that is actually is amazing.
1: It, it is. Yeah. How can you tart up mediocrity so that it will just just pass Sorry. enough? but never disrupt us, never cause us to have that kind of profundity of experience because the pursuit of excellence is a high risk thing. Yeah. And it is scary, lonely, vexing, yes. all of those things. And you are not being s- patted on the back for your crazy, hair-brained idea or your bizarre interest in atonality or whatever the hell it is yeah, that you've got yeah, yeah, going yeah. on, but there's something that you're endeavoring to give right. of yourself. And that is a certain kind of pursuit of excellence that is often misunderstood, not readily accepted. Because what is readily accepted is that mediocrity is enough for us. And it's not as expensive, and it's not as uncertain, and it's not as anything
0: interesting how mediocrity is okay but uh, having a middle class to appreciate the mediocrity isn't yeah right exactly <laughs> what sure yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah mm. in, 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 interesting times you have a rough uh, yeah <laughs> but but, it, I, I but to, yeah. you get
1: the privilege of knowing that you're using your whole self yeah you know not just overworking one part of your muscular apparatus but right. your whole system
0: yeah well, especially if someone's coming to you and explaining how vibrations create the color You <laughs> know, I'm like,
1: so God, I'm, I'm sure there's some artist that needs to know that information right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost
0: always yeah. Lori. <laughs> almost always. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> almost cute. always. That's, I'm like, yeah. I almost want to strangle yeah. her so someone else is like, yeah. come on! Yeah. <laughs> no, she I was
1: didn't... just here a couple of weeks ago with Kronos during oh, Landfall. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. And it was so I didn't, uh... beautiful. And, you know... I've worked with Laurie a lot like you but in a different way as yeah. a kind of presenter curator you know person not a, not exactly a direct collaborator on something mm. and it's you know sh- she A total genius B voracious curiosity Absolutely. C the almost empathic capacity to think into the future and into the past with simultaneous, simultaneous yeah. you know and putting yourself on stages and doing different things is, I mean, it. she's not in pursuit of fame. No. She's in pursuit of.
0: It, 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 cr- cr- yeah. it totally surprised me that she was ever, yeah. had, she, she was famous. Oh, it, yeah. She, I, I oh, remember Superman.
1: how. And is legendary still.
0: No, 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 I, mean, I know, but the yeah. fact, here's the thing, here's the difference yeah. between the different ages, even in 25 yeah. years. Mm. I remember. Mm. visiting Hal at SNL when I was 13. I've known Hal since I was five. Wow. So I could go to SNL. My dad would be like, you know, take this bus to the, you know, Ah. and he'll meet you, and Hal would hang. Yeah. I met Lori when I was 13. She won't, she doesn't remember this, she wouldn't. But she was on SNL. Yeah. Let's see who SNL books now. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. You had an environment where this kind of thing, you know. So, but... The thing about Lori that's also fascinating. Well, I, the,
1: the people who were liberated had access to being visible.
0: Yes. That's completely non existent now. The other thing about Lori, though, is that mm. we would work every day. And, and I haven't worked with her a lot, actually. I want to make sure that that's not, you know, you said what you Yeah, yeah. With yeah. Her. I, I've worked with her two times live and, yeah. like, for about nine days on an yeah. album. The thing that I loved and hated the most is that we would work on something. Yeah. and we'd sit there seven eight hours in and it was just killing uh-huh and we'd come back the next day and it was erased yeah she would just be like yeah I wasn't feeling it I no. listened to it last night I worked on a thing for her and, <laughs> I, and I listened back to it a couple months ago I did I completely yeah. com- rearranged the song yeah. and it was like I felt like I was given the keys yeah. you know to the you know inventory class she was like just do whatever you want yeah and I, and I didn't know what I was doing, and it was beautiful because I didn't knew nothing about what That's, she could yeah. want. And I remember sitting there listening to it with her and talk about curiosity and just, yeah. like, think, she loved, she pointed out everything, loved everything, yeah. and then just, you know, erased it. Delete. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> it's like, well, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, yeah. well, I'm so glad we had this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but, uh, oh, yeah. curious. Yeah. Perfect word for her. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: And there, you know, a wisdom in there. Oh, no, no. Um, that's it's, like full on. Yeah. Love it. Blanche but, you know, the that's the thing, point. I guess, in this job, too. I look at it and I go, to be able to be entrusted with, you know, holding an artist's work and what they're aspiring to do in your kind of limited capacity, that's such an honor. Yeah. And such a responsibility. So for me, it's that. When you were asking earlier, like, what, make, what makes you want to do that? It's that. That... Being entrusted with something that is remarkable, mm. but but being entrusted in an environment that, generally speaking, there's a kind of hostility of indif- indifference that will try to make everything harder. Right. That you're navigating through this. How do you beat back the iceberg so that they have a clear path to doing what it is that they can do, so that we yeah. get it. You're the Russian
0: freighter. <laughs> you're the icebreaker. That's right. Oh, Christian. Yeah. Kick ass. Mm. I think we're done. Okay. That was spectacular. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. And I love that you brought up the fact we don't know what we're talking about because we don't have a clue. We don't. All right. Christian, thank you.